It's just one of those parts. Yeah, yeah. It's such a weird guitar part. Oh, I never realized the drums on that guy. Yeah, me either. The panning is crazier yeah, I never than I noticed that. Yeah. I love the distortion on his vocals. Yeah. I love the bass line too, especially like in the pre-chorus when it comes up, got the little counter melody. This song is way more distorted than I remember. Yeah, yeah. I got something on that. Also that his stomach is sick and he's touching his chest. It's like, oh yeah, right, right. Right, right, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, like this little counter melody in the bass. That's great. Total bop. That's <laughs> It's like great kind of sense in that left ear. The bass player of this band is amazing. This is cool. Yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> I really like the drums. Yeah, the drummer's amazing. I saw the Killers at Music Midtown, like maybe 2004, and the drummer was, I left the show being like, that guy's fucking awesome. Yeah. You just can't be like a good drummer. Right. It's so fun. It's like all the little hi-hat work is yeah. cool. Oh, the guitar sounds amazing, too. It's like aggressive and velvety. Yeah. The, the song is way more sophisticated than I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand what's going on in terms of like the guitar harmony right. that well. It's not immediately apparent to me. Right. And I'm really smart. <laughs> The bass is compressed so well, too. Yeah. Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast in which we explore songs we like. We research what they mean, how they're recorded, why they were written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. Today, we're coming out of our cages, doing just fine, <laughs> and talking about Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Released on September 29, 2003, it was the band's debut single off their first album, which was called Hot Fuss. It was one of the first tunes the band ever wrote and was recorded at Kill the Messenger Studio in Henderson, Nevada. You thought I was going to say Hendersonville, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Right? I used to take a trip <laughs> to Hendersonville, North Carolina every year with my older brother, John, to go Christmas shopping <laughs> at, at the like little antique stores up there. That's awesome. And we'd always listen to like Appetite for Destruction or oh, something. Oh man, John sounds cool. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the brother that we want to get on the oh, podcast. Oh, we should do, do it. Let's we'll do it. Yeah, yeah, oh, we'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, this was Henderson, Nevada. <laughs> it was produced by the band, uh, which is I think is really cool. That's it's worth a note because it was their first album. So they really had some support if they were able to produce it themselves. Yes, yeah, weird. Like normally, like, because it had to have been signed to a major label or something yeah, yeah, yeah. because it was a big release and the video was big. It's like for you to produce your own record off the get go is pretty impressive. I think like there's something cool about this group that people immediately caught on to. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, Mr. Brightside 
was released and didn't really gain any traction until it was re-released a year later in 2004, where it peaked at number 10 in the U.S. and the U.K. It's since sold over 3.5 million copies in the U.S. and is one of the the top 15 most downloaded rock tracks ever. Wow. Um, It was named Song of the Decade by many respected journalistic outlets, but more importantly, there's a listen to this episode about it. Of course. So you know it's quality. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you, Rolling Stone. They're probably listening to it. (laughs) No, they're not. (laughs) The song is about the jealousy and paranoia of a man who suspects that his significant other is cheating on him. Hmm. Guitarist Dave Kooning actually had written the music before ever meeting any other members of the band. So I think that's kind of cool. It's always fun when like, you like bring your songs to like new groups yeah. when you're younger. It was a big flex. Like, oh, this guy knows what he's oh, doing. Oh, yeah, he's got songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's interesting about this song is there's only one verse. Um, the second verse has the same lyrics as the first, which is super fucking weird, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, especially 2003, would have never guessed. Yeah. And especially a hit song. Yeah. I, maybe it's something that people are overlooking. I feel like we should maybe have song. Like, if you are not great at writing lyrics, yeah. maybe just do, do one the verse, first verse twice. again. Yeah. Well, like, that's now the new hip hop thing is one verse songs. Yeah, exactly. Um, According to lead singer Brendan Flowers, the reason there was only one verse was, quote, we went in and made demos and it took a ton of time. That's why there's not a second verse. I just didn't have any other lines and it ended up sticking. Yeah. I think that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that actually helps the song become more popular because like it's this is one of those like drunk anthem songs for kids. And like having like not having to learn more lyrics is a big deal. I could see people like kind of losing their shit when the oh, song comes on. Oh, it's a big on. one. It leads me to like the biggest question I want to ask you about the song. Is Mr. Brightside this generation's Don't Stop Believing? I, could, I almost think Don't Stop Believing is always going to be the Don't Stop Believing. Right. Like it seems more enduring than even the Star Spangled Banner at this point. Yeah, it's weird. Like I wonder, oh, man, I don't go out enough. Or like when that song comes on and people lose their shit. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it a lot though. Now, when I lived at the yeah. Pencil Factory, you know, I lived at the Pencil Factory, which is above that comedy club. Um, what's the name of that comedy club? Village. Something Village Theater. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so on like Thursday nights or Monday nights, they would do karaoke. And every week, without a doubt, you would hear... This is a big karaoke song. You would yeah. hear that song and people would lose their shit do you over have, that journey song. Do you have a, a karaoke song? I do not like karaoke. No, not at all. Not at all. Not even the like, you get a bunch of friends and go to one of the like private karaoke things. I can't get into it. Oh, dude, it's pretty Me and Tati can't even be around it. Oh, really? Other people doing it. Like, we went one time to the local off Ponce Mm -hmm. where you could get a $5 beer and a shot of Fireball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they had, it was Monday night when they do that deal and there was karaoke and we were like, we got to get out of here. Oh, you guys hate karaoke? Well, you you would hate going with me because I'll let the listeners know my two songs. Forgot about Dre. Oh, classic! Of course, wow. and Ebony and Ivory by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, I would, oh, pay, I would fucking pay to see you fucking do that. <laughs> Mr. Brightside was mixed by Mark Needham in just over a uh, slightly over half an hour. Jesus, isn't that crazy? It was a uh, uh, mixed on an eight input console. Oh, with, well, that makes sense with no automation. That makes total sense. They did this originally as the demo, but the band liked this mix better than any of the many subsequent. Attempts Real to remix mixes, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so for the vocal effects, Needham used a, a little uh, outboard piece of outboard gear, gear called Echo Farm. Nice. Do you know about that one? Echo Farm, I think, is a Pod Line Six product. Oh, holy shit! It is, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly. Remember Echo yeah. Farm? It yeah. was like the first. <laughs> I, I remember. Yeah, you remember. <laughs> oh. 
Hey, member Bionic Man? Oh, I remember. I loved Bionic Man. Remember Chewbacca again? Oh, I love to remember Chewbacca. Hey, hey, remember when there weren't so many Mexicans? Oh, I remember. Wait, what? Yeah, remember when marriage was just between a man and a woman? I remember. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Wait. Remember feeling safe? Remember no ice? Remember Reagan? Oh, I remember. What the fuck's going on with these member berries? <laughs> member <Dude>. Echo Farm. <laughs> it was like the first guitar yeah, plug-in yeah. simulator. That's so cool. And it's it n- now hearing that effect, the vocal effects, yeah. I'm like, it totally is that. It's like apparently they use the default vocal preset. According to Needham, Echo Farm quote overrides the vocal a bit and sets an 84 ms delay. Oh, cool. What does that mean? So 84 milliseconds. Right, right, right. Yeah, like, and it could be, um, it depends on how he did it. Like, if you do it as like, there's two ways to do effects, and this is with all effects. You can either do it as an insert, which is like when you plug your guitar into a guitar pedal, that's an insert. You are plugging the signal Mm -hmm. into it, and there's that's what it is. But there's also a send and return where you can, on on his little eight-channel mixer, the vocal comes down channel one, and he turns up a send to the unit, which then returns it to another channel. Oh, that's and awesome. And then you can blend the signals. Yeah, yeah, And if he did it that way, then there would probably, be... Probably, right? That's probably how he did it. Yeah, because I think what he's talking about with that 84 millisecond is because it was a plug-in, mm-hmm. um, is the latency, I think, is what he's maybe talking about. Oh, but the about. latency is the like latency used is to 80, be an effect. Yeah, that's used to be an cool. effect, which Damn. is cool. It's like a little delay now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the vocals on this song are so cool. I, another thing I really like about this song is... The fact that it sounds like such a rock band, there's guitar, bass, drums, and yep. vocal very clearly. Yeah. But there are a lot of great synth elements. And I wanted to ask you, like, how do you marry the two, like natural elements and kind of like more electronic? Yeah, I think yeah, as was, a mix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What I liked about the production of the song with the synths and the guitars is the guitars aren't like heavy. Mm-hmm. It's all really high guitars. Yeah. So the synths can really shine down low. And they're and the synths are cool. They're like kind of low and distorted. Yeah, yeah. And they, they give move it so around. much vibe. Yeah, they give it the vibe. And then the um the guitar parts kind of shine on top of them, where it almost sounds like it's one instrument being played. Yeah. It just kind of blurs into one sound. And I think that's how you have to do it. If you have like a bunch, it's like like in Dream Theater, right? Mm-hmm. Not to bring up like an- another like Our guitar. Favorite yeah. band. But it's like they have low guitars, <laughs> yeah. but the synths are always like really lush and high, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that kind of thing. It's like opposites. Someone mm-hmm. has to play the low, someone has to yeah. play the high. I mean, I love the rhythm section of this band. I think that, that that's one of the coolest things. Like his vocals sound so much better because there's so much rhythm information. Yeah. Like they're not a ton of harmonies in the vocal. No. It's like weirdly kind of a fatter track than it is like lush. Totally right? agree. Which yeah. I, I, maybe it's kind of chaotic. Yeah, it definitely. Like it's so definitely. chaotic, but then like there's this vocal that's just like cementing this because he's just like kind of yeah. talking. Yeah, the exactly. I think that's also like something I remember. Um, the great Will Mitchell once told me nice. is like when you're trying to write a great song, you have to think about it as something that other people might want to sing. Yeah, and like this is perfect because you don't have to sing. No, you're just you calling a cab and you're something yeah, exactly. and that. And, it's and, and, and it's like, I think that's a, a cool thing. Also, likewise, with guitar parts or guitar yep. solos, it's like, is it singable? Right. And it's right. like, this stuff really matters. Cause like sometimes. Sweet child of mine. Yeah. Everyone can sing that fucking guitar. It's like, intro. there are a lot of guitar uh, 
solos and a lot of vocal melodies that are really good, yeah. but ultimately forgettable. I know because even I'm the, the journey one, the down, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like you can sing, you can sing the parts. And I think so much, so much of like writing one of these enduring sing-along songs is like having a great first line that people get excited about. Yeah, exactly. And the, like this song's definitely got it. Exactly. Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to this podcast. Please spread the word about this podcast in real life. We're on Instagram, Patreon. We've also got a playlist on Spotify with all the songs and episodes from season one and two. Rate and review us on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing and what songs you want us to do episodes about. Thanks so much for touching his chest and then listening to this. And it's something.